Hey, let's thank our worship team for leading us this morning. Man. Well, it is so good to be with you, our chapel family. And uh, we are looking forward to this weekend to continuing the series that we launched into last weekend in our study of the book of Revelation that we've subtitled Embrace the Wonder. Uh, what, what we discovered last weekend is that the, the book of Revelation, it's not just some kind of code to decipher. It's not a puzzle in which we've got to find all the right pieces and make sure they, they fit just right. What we were reminded of is that at the end of the day, the book of Revelation is about Jesus. And it's about the journey of his people. And that in the end, if we're with Jesus, because he wins, we win. And so we want to continue in that study together. And uh, to, to do that, this morning, I know you just sat down and you got comfortable, but I'm going to ask us to stand again. Would you do that with me? And just in honor of the reading of God's Word, and let me read it for us, and you can just follow along on the screens. You don't have to read out loud. But let's take in this part of the vision that Jesus gave John the Apostle, Revelation 1, beginning in verse 10. It says, It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the Spirit. And suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, Write in a book everything that you see and send it, to the seven churches. He, he says, uh, and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And when I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all of its brilliance. And John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. So write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are those seven churches. You may be seated. God bless the reading of his word. So we really want to answer two questions that kind of rise out of the text here. And the first question uh, is this, that who is Jesus and what does this mean for us? As Jesus is described by John the Apostle in this grand vision, what is it telling us about who Jesus is and then what does that mean for us? And the second question, how does Jesus intend to then show the world who he is? 
two really significant questions. So let's begin with that first one. Who is Jesus? How does John describe Jesus, and what does that then mean for us? Well, he begins in verse 13 with this elaborate description, this heavenly vision of Jesus, the risen King, and it says, "...and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man." Now, that phrase, Son of Man, was a title given to Jesus. In fact, throughout the Gospels, many times, Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man. He would say things like, yes, and and the Son of Man is going to be handed over to be crucified. And yes, after three days, the Son of Man will rise from the grave. That title is, is meant to remind us that not only is Jesus fully God, but that he took on human flesh, that he was a son of mankind, that he became one of us, that he understands what we go through in life. And, and this, this son of man phrase is also repeated in another grand vision that was given. Back in the Old Testament times, Daniel the prophet received a vision, a heavenly vision, much like John's. And this is what it says in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. Listen to the description. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. And he approached the ancient one and he was led into his presence. And he was given authority and honor and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every tribe and nation of the world, so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end and his kingdom will never be destroyed. Is he worthy? (laughs) Yes, he is. John sees this same picture, and while Isaiah, or Daniel may not have realized that it was the coming king, Jesus the Messiah, that was going to become this son of man, it's the same picture here. And what does this vision of Jesus remind us of? That we can rest. We can have security. We can have confidence in the fact that Jesus is in control. He is ruling and he is reigning. Well, John goes on in the description. He, was, he says, this Jesus was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. Now, this robe, it was, this was not your typical white terry cloth, you know, bathrobe, okay? The, the robe that, that John is describing here is like that of, of a priestly garment. And in the Old Testament, the priest was the go-between between God and the people. The priest would go into the Holy of Holies and approach God's very presence on behalf of the people. (coughs) And so the picture that he's painting of Jesus here is that Jesus is our high priest. It's what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 7, (coughs) excuse me, verse 25. It says, Therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. And he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Just take that in for a moment. What that verse reminds us of is that Jesus is our high priest and that he is ever living to intercede on our behalf. That Jesus is the robed one, standing before God the Father, 
pleading our case, praying for you and I. What does that say to us today? (laughs) That we can rest in the fact that Jesus is on our side. That if we've put our faith and trust in him, Jesus, (coughs) excuse me, stands before our Father in heaven, and he is our great and high priest. Well, John goes on in his description. He says his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And I see some, I see some hair like that out here. <laughs> I'm getting a few down here, not up here yet. And, you know, we joke about uh, a white hair or gray hair, and, and uh, you know, typically we think that's the people that are a little more mature, you know, down the road, right? But this isn't a reference to just age. The way that John is describing Jesus here is is pointing to him as one that has great wisdom and knowledge, that is due great respect and honor. Isn't there sometimes in your life, in my life, maybe there was that one person, maybe it was your parent, maybe it was a grandparent, it was one of those silver heads, gray-haired, And when you're facing something in life, what you wouldn't give to just hear from them again? Like, I just wish I knew what Grandpa would say. Oh, I I just, man, I wish I could call Mom. Because of the wisdom, the knowledge, the care, the compassion. And John is getting this vision of our Savior, and he's not a dark-haired Savior, bearded, hanging on a cross any longer He's a king who is enthroned on high. And he's full of wisdom and knowledge. What does that say to us? That we can rest. (coughs) We can rest knowing that Jesus is the source of all wisdom. And that he desires that we would seek him for how to live our lives. Sorry, allergies are going crazy. Well, he goes on to describe Jesus in this way in verse 14. He says, and his eyes were like flames of fire. Uh, Jim Samra, who's a pastor that we follow up in the Grand Rapids area, says it's like uh, he's comparing Jesus to Superman here. Like that, that laser vision, you know, an, an x-ray vision. And at first glance, <coughs> we can get kind of uncomfortable with that. We might think, well, gosh, does that mean Jesus is just going to zap us? <laughs> And sometimes that's our picture of Jesus, that he's just peering down from heaven waiting for us to mess up so that he can zap us with those laser eyes. And yet there's more to this description. It's like x-ray vision. It's like he peers into the souls of humanity. He knows all things. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus, he would be walking along and people would be thinking something in the crowd. They'd be wondering certain questions And without even having heard the question, Jesus would begin to respond and answer their questions. Why? Because he knew their thoughts. He knew their motives. He knew what was going on inside. And here, the picture that John gets of Jesus is one that sees everything. But the amazing thing is, this is the fact that we can rest in, that Jesus sees us, (laughs) warts and all. And yet he still wants us. He sees all of who we are. And yet he still longs 
to live in relationship with us. Well, John goes on in his description, and he, and he goes across the full body of Jesus, and he says in his feet, his feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice, it thundered like the mighty ocean. This great picture of power and, and prestige, you think about the, the, the bronze, the heaviness, the weightiness of his feet, his shoes, it, it reflects the immovability of Jesus himself. And what does this say to us? (laughs) That we can rest in the fact that when we are weak, then we want to run, when we want to give up, that Jesus is strong and immovable. Jesus is there. He's not running. (laughs) He's waiting. He's on our side. He's strong and firm. He's worthy. In verse 16, John goes on to describe what he sees. He says, And he held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. This is a fierce picture of Jesus, that this sword is protruding out of his mouth. It's reflective of the very word of God. Hebrews, The writer of Hebrews says it this way, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest Two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The description that, that John gives of Jesus here is one that is powerful and that is truthful. That his very words speak authority and life. That his very words cut to the very innermost thoughts of who we are and what we think. And it separates out what is true and what is false, what is right, what is wrong. That's God's truth. And Jesus speaks the truth. What does this say to us? That we can rest in the fact that Jesus, he's upholding us, but he's also always going to speak the truth. Do you have a friend like that? A friend that will always speak the truth to you, even if it hurts? Aren't there situations that we face in life that we go through that at the end of the day, we don't want somebody to just tell us what we want to hear? We we, we just want to know the truth. Somebody that will tell it to us straight, that won't give us the fluff, that won't just tell us what we want to hear, that won't just give us some pat Christian answer but that will be completely honest with us. Guys, we need that in our lives. And this vision of Jesus, the Christ that that John receives, is one of a Jesus that will always speak the truth if we're willing to listen. Well, John goes on in his description, and he finishes it this way in verse 16. He says, And his face was like the sun in all of its brilliance. John's thinking of words to try to describe this vision of Christ. And he says, his face, it's, it's like the sun. It's glowing. It's almost too much to even take in or to look upon. And what does this remind us of? That we can rest. That we can rest in the fact that Jesus isn't hiding 
from us. He radiates light. And his glory is blazing to draw all people to himself. Sometimes hard things happen in life and and we feel like God is off in the distance. Maybe there's times in our life when we feel like God may be hiding from us when in, in reality, many times, we're the ones trying to hide from God. And yet he is full of light and he's trying to draw us to himself. Just like in the Old Testament as he led the Israelites at night by a cloud of fire, Jesus is that light trying to lead us closer and closer to him. So John, he has this radical vision of Jesus. And it's amazing because, I mean, John was known as the beloved disciple, probably the closest to Jesus out of all of the 12 apostles. And yet when he gets this vision, he cannot shake it. And look at how he responds. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. John was absolutely overcome. He had seen Jesus walk the earth as the Son of Man, but he had never seen Jesus like he was seeing him now in this vision. And he says, I I fell to the ground as if I was dead. It was like he wanted to just crumble and die. It reminds me of what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6 when he gets a vision of God and he says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And he says, woe to me, I am undone. (laughs) Literally, he says, I'm ruined. I'm falling to pieces. That's what happens when we get into the presence of God and realize all of who he is. We realize then who we are and how how short we fall. But that's what makes what happens next in the text so astounding. It says, but he, John speaking, he says, but he, Jesus, he laid his right hand on me. And said, don't be afraid. The right hand always was a symbol of power and authority and protection. And in this moment when John's crumbling before Jesus, Jesus reaches out and puts his hand on his shoulder and says, don't be afraid. And then one last time, Jesus reminds John, reminds us of who he is. He says, I am the first and I am the last. I am the living one. He says, I died. Yes, John, you saw it happen. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And then Jesus says this phrase, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Is he worthy? Oh, yeah, he's worthy. He's overcome the grave. He's overcome death, which says that he's overcome anything that can separate us from the love of God. What this says, Jesus is saying, listen, I'm the one to hold it all. No matter what your past is, no matter what you've done, I hold the keys. I have the final word. I have the final say. And if you're with me, I'm with you. I'm on your side. You know, the book of Revelation, as we're going to see in the next chapters, there is judgment to come. 
But Jesus is reminding his followers, those seven churches, John and us here today in 2021, that he is the risen Christ, that he holds death and hell, all power and authority in his hands, that he peers into our souls, that, that he is fixed and immovable, that his his words are words of the sharpest truth that his face is like a blazing fire calling us home. So that's who Jesus is. That's how he describes himself. This is the vision that John receives. But that begs the question, how does Jesus then intend to show the world who he is? And not everybody that walks in your shoes, not everybody that you come alongside of in your workplace or in your family has this grand vision of Jesus to understand all that he is. And so how is Jesus going to help our world today know what he looks like, who he truly is? I, I want to take us back to verse 12. Remember, at the very beginning of this scene, John says, When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands. Now, the word seven means complete or perfected or the fullness of or wholeness. And in verse 20, and this is one of the only times this happens in Revelation. There's all kinds of other visions and dreams and, and miraculous, wonderful sightings that we don't fully understand or understand. Uh, know what they mean. But in this particular instance, Jesus tells us specifically what the lampstands represent. Verse 20 says, this is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. He says, the seven stars are the angels or the messengers of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Jesus is reminding John that he has placed the church in the world to be a light, to be a lampstand. And, and when he says there's these seven churches, he was writing to seven specific churches, but I think it's a picture of the whole, the completed church throughout all of history. And Jesus is reminding us that the church is meant to be the light, a lampstand held up high, to, to give light to a dark world that is desperately looking for truth, for hope, for love, for life. So how are we doing as a church? In the next few weeks, we're going to walk through chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation, and we're going to see Jesus' specific words to the seven churches then, and then know how that applies to you and I here and now. I don't know if you've uh, ever uh, run out of windshield washer fluid in your car. <laughs> you know, it's the middle of the winter, the salt's all over. And like, it doesn't matter how many times you, you, you hit the windshield wiper, and it, it's just smearing it more and more, getting worse and worse. And it's the most frustrating thing because you can kind of see, but you can't see clearly. Or, or, or maybe um, you know somebody, or maybe you're that, that guy, you know, that always has smudgy glasses. Like, I'm constantly, in fact, I, I'm so tedious about it. Like, when I, like, sometimes I'll be talking to somebody, and I'll, I just want to be like, hey, can I help you some, hang on, just let me take this. 
let me just clean those up for you. Yeah, some of you are laughing because either you're that person or your spouse already does that to you or you're like me. And what is it? It's, it's there's something that's blocking my vision. There's something that's not letting me see clearly and fully. If we are the vehicle by which the world is to see Jesus, what are they seeing through us? And next week, we're going to dive into what Jesus would have to say to us as a church. And I don't know about you, but when I see this vision that John saw, I am in awe. And I want people to see through us, in and through us, that awesome picture of the worthy, risen King. That's our mission. To help people move one step closer to God and each other through Jesus the Christ. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for giving John this incredible vision that you told him to write down to share with the seven churches that would ultimately be included in your holy word so that we could read it today. God, help us not to get so wrapped up in trying to figure every detail out and help us to not be afraid. As we gain a, a bigger, broader, more beautiful vision of who you are, Jesus, when we fall to our knees, God, would, you, would we feel your holy hand on our shoulder saying, don't be afraid. I am the first and I am the last. I am the living one. I was dead and yet I am alive again. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. You are worthy, Jesus. And we worship you today. Amen. Let's stand as we close our service. And let's pronounce this benediction over one another from Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. Say it with me. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. God bless you guys. You're dismissed.